Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's really happening. Well, God immediately provided a home for me to move to in Minnesota where Victor Ernest was. And I was a so-called Christian home in another part in Rich, uh, I think it was Richfield, Minnesota at that time. And um, this family was so-called Christians. And I would be setting up, see a Christian, psychiat- a Christian psychologist, husband and wife team, uh, during the week, once a week. And then I would be seeing Victor Ernest on Saturdays for deliverance. He dedicated Saturday for me before the Lord. And while I was in this so-called Christian home, I was under attack by the husband of that home. These things kept happening to me. I took a shower, and I was all cleaned up, and I was getting ready to um, walk downstairs in my fuzzy blue robe to sit on the bed that I was living in and in their basement at the time while I get help. And uh, they were helping me and feeding me every day and let me stay there at their home. The husband comes following me down the stairs. He, starts, he grabbed my hand and starts shaking my robe to see me in the nude. I started screaming, and his wife comes flying down the stairs. She goes, what's wrong? I said, your husband, he's trying to shake my robe over to see me naked after my shower. Get him off of me. I can't. He's too strong. She immediately told him, you let go of her, and he wouldn't. She looked at him in shock. She had to grab his hands and push him away. He was under demon possession. I don't believe that man was saved. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, um, I began to cry. I was so he apologized. He said, are you okay? And I didn't even respond to her. I immediately called Victor Ernest, and Victor Ernest was furious about this. And so they found a new home for me to go stay the next day of two Christian women that are looking for a third roommate. They knew I didn't have the money, but they were willing to have me live there until I get, you know, get my own money and things like that and help myself a little bit here. So I landed up, the next thing I landed up seeing was the Christian, psychi- the Christian uh, psychologist, the man, and I began to see him alone sometimes and talking what I went through. Victor Ernest found out that he was being sexually aroused by me, and Victor Ernest had to remove him. Victor Ernest said, I've never seen anything like this payment. All the years I've ministered to people, including witches, from now on I'm going to work with you and you alone, nobody else. I said, Okay. In the process of me getting deliverance, God was beginning to form a father-daughter relationship. God was giving me to Victor Ernest to be as a daughter to him and to help in this ministry. As I was getting deliverance, I was then delivered from all mental illnesses. Victor Ernest knew how to deal with demons. He knew that God had set up all the holy angels in heaven and families, structured families. 
Satan has counterfeited that by the one-third of the holy angels that were thrown out of heaven with Lucifer. They all, Satan renamed them. They lost all their beauty. They became ugly creatures. And they have been put in chains of command. That's one reason why a lot of people in deliverance are never healed because there's a lack of understanding how Satan operates in deliverance and how to get these demon spirits out of individuals. Not only that, Satan has copied demons that copy the major master controllers of these demon spirits so that there's not full deliverance sometimes. The copy demons will leave, but not the major master controllers. This is very heavy. I teach deliverance and all what God has trained me in. Anyway, um, I landed awesome. with Victor Ernest alone and getting the help that I need. Praise God. One day, Victor Ernest said to me, Pam, kneel before me, before the Lord. What's going on, Dad? Because I was calling him Dad. We were comfortable with each other as father's father and daughter. God is calling me to anoint you. It's a ministry of deliverance. I began to weep. You see, I heard God calling me for years like Samuel. I didn't know what God was calling me to. I went to altar call after altar call. The pastors sometimes got tired of me. Pam, what are you coming forward? They knew I was saved, had been baptized by immersion. I was a member of the church. I was a Sunday, you know, Sunday school teacher. I said, God's calling me. I don't know what he's calling me to. From that day forward, I never heard God calling me. This was the call of God upon my life. But at that time, in that studio, it was filled with God's warring angels witnessing the ceremony of this anointing. And I became God's anointed high priestess that day before the Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. For the ministry of deliverance and the things that God has trained me in. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I am delivered because of Jesus Christ. One of the verses that touched my heart so much was by David. He said, God, you delivered me because you delighted in me. And when God delivers us, he delights in us. Praise God. It's just such a miracle that God delights in us, this true and living God. Wow. This is so awesome. Wonderful God that we have. Prior to this, God called me to change my last name. I filed a petition with the courts in Minnesota changed my last name. I remember God gave me the two witnesses I needed, vouched that I was Pamela Joy Franklin, that they had met and known as that. I remember sitting up high up in Minnesota, on, right next to the judge. We were high up. It was really cool. The judge turns and looks at me and says, Pamela, why do you want to change your last name from Franklin to Ernest? And I said, Your Honor, I want to carry the name of a godly, righteous man. That judge literally flew out of his seat from the bench and stood up and declared, Roar! From this day forward, you are no longer Pamela Joy Franklin. You are now declared Pamela Joy Ernest. I couldn't believe it. It was right then that I saw powers of darkness break in the heavenlies over my life. Unbelievable. Holy angels fighting the forces of darkness and the bondages of Satan. And with that name, Franklin, from my wicked blood father, I now became Pamela Joy Ernest. Praise God Almighty. Now, this was the name change principle of Almighty God. You see, Abram's name was changed to Abraham when he began to walk by faith. Sarai 
was changed to Sarah when she began to walk by faith. And this is the name change principle of Almighty God. Now, I'm going to give a principle by Victor Ernest that I learned from my adopted father. But Satan knows that God has in reality. He will counterfeit it. Satan cannot create. He's just a creature. He can only duplicate what God, what he, what he knows that God has in reality. This was the true reality of the name change principle. Individuals, when, when they are initiated into Satanism, they are given satanic names, sometimes more than one. And so, because that, that name produces sin energy. And usually, many times, it's from a genealogy name where there's been evil through that name. And they love that in Satanism. Okay? I chose to marry the, marry the, have the name of Reverend Victor Ernest's last name because he was a godly man, a righteous man, a man who came out of witchcraft and became a born-again Christian and served the Lord all his life until God took him home. I drove all the way to Nanoka, knocked on the, my dad's studio door, and I, I said, Dad, I'm now Pamela Joy Ernest. He had tears in his eyes. He handed me this little gift. I opened it, and he had bought me a new international version um, of the New Testament, and he had my name engraved in gold, Pamela Joy Ernest. I have that love gift from him ever since that time. It was a pleasure, that Bible. Praise God for this victory. God was taking steps by steps by steps to stop Satan and to remove his ground from the blood genealogy in all different ways to save me so that I can continue to serve Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. It was right after that I landed up continuing in the ministry with Victor Ernest, and sometimes I would take temp assignments. Like my previous temp assignment, I used to work for the district office, uh, district attorney's office of the mental health department. I would type up all the transcripts of these mental people that would go before screening board to decide whether or not they needed to be committed or not. After that position ended, I was asked to come to a, um, um, uh, this job in Edina, Minnesota. And so I landed up um, going that day, I was all excited. I never told my dad where I was going. I was just going on a temp assignment. And so I went there, and then uh, I was beautiful building in Edina, Minnesota. I got a front row uh, parking space, which was wonderful. I got there early. And then I walked in, and I took the elevator up to the fourth floor. I was introduced to my new boss, because it was the first time I had been there at the building. The building was huge and beautiful. He uh, escorted me to my desk and said, this is where you'll have your training. And I said, okay, hung up my purse, and and my coat, and I was kind of standing up looking around the office to kind of get myself a little familiar. And next thing I see my boss, she's running across the office all the way to me. And she says, Pam, you've got an emergency phone call. I said, really? I said, how? Nobody knows I'm here. She goes, take it in the office here. I hurried up, walked away from the desk and ran to the office, closed the door, picked up the phone. I said, hello? And I heard this, Pam, this is your father, Victor Ernest. I said, hi, Dad. I said, all right, what's wrong? He said, Pam, please listen to me. I said, okay, okay. He said, get out of your job now. They are coming to take you. And I said, what? You've got to be kidding me. He says, no, Pam, you've just got, se you've just got seconds. And Victor Ernest's voice was trembling. I said, okay, Dad. I said, I'm not getting anything in my discernment. I will leave immediately. I submit under your authority. I will leave now. He said, Pam, please come home. You're to Anilka. 
I, sl- I put the phone down. I went running out of that office, right across that. It was a huge office. Ran to my boss and said, look, I have, and I went to say a family emergency. She looked with these big eyes, and then she threw her hands in the air, and she goes, go, Pam, go. And I went, whoa, nothing like a confirmation from the Lord. I ran to my desk, got my person called, ran out of that office, ran to the fourth elevator over, took the elevator to the first floor, looked out to see if I saw anybody dangerous. At that point, I didn't. I took a flying leap out of that elevator. I ran like an Olympic runner. Now, by this time, I had excellent running skills from running from men and the attacks on my life, even in high heels. (laughs) And so I'm running like an Olympic runner. I had to go all the way in. And this... It's like that building is like a football field. I went I had to run straight ahead all the way. Then I had to make a sharp left to run all the way across that whole building to get out the exit door to my car. As I was running, I turned to look to my left. There were three satanic enforcers in their satanic coats. I recognized those coats. They were moving slowly towards the elevator to come get me. One was kind of a shorter man. The other two were very tall. Satanic enforcers in a satanic coven are completely pure evil. Sometimes they don't have a nebulon spirit. Sometimes they can turn into vampires. Um, You have to have the soul and the spirit of your body has to leave. They have a nebulon spirit to be able to do this. I won't get into all that. But um, what happened was is that I kept running so fast to try to get out of that building so they wouldn't see me. One of them turned around and saw me, and he looked in shock. He went to nudge the other two men. They were big men, and they carry silencers, okay? Anyway, they turned to look, and you should have saw the shock on their faces. I saw I kept running like an Olympic runner to get out that door. I saw them literally turn around trying to get through the crowd. It was right then that God Almighty crunched them in at that atrium lobby, So many people were trying to hurry and get to the elevators to get to work on time that these men could not get through the crowd. God locked them in by his power. I ran out that door. I ran and got into my car and zoomed out of that parking lot from Edina, Minnesota, driving all the way to Anoka. And, you know, as I look back, there could have been a fourth satanic enforcer in the car waiting to to bring me. To Anton LaVey. You see, that whole month, Anton LaVey had been announced all over the news, the television, uh, newspapers, magazines. He was all over the media that he was in town that whole month. And I was supposed to be Satan's wife in sexual um, sacrifice to Satan with Anton LaVey in that meeting. That's why they were coming for me. And God once again overruled them. Because the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. That is just how it is and always will be. I drove all the way to Anoka, jumped out of my car, ran and knocked on the door. My dad, Victor Ernest, was trembling. He had tears in his eyes. He grabbed onto me and hugged me and said, thank you, Pam. Thank you for listening to me. I said, oh, Dad, I'll always listen to you. You're God's anointed. I'll always listen to you. That day forth, Anton LaVey had escalated times to try to take me. He had found out that I was under Victor Ernest's care. He was furious about that, furious. He kept complaining about Victor Ernest and his covens all the time. Victor Ernest prayed against him all the time. He came against his powers of darkness. He came against him continually, on and off. That man 
suffered because of my dad's prayers. Praise the Lord. <laughs> I love to say that. <laughs> Victor Ernest knew what Anton LaVey was up to, and God had appointed my dad as a prayer warrior against Anton LaVey, and he knew that Anton LaVey had raped me. He knew that Anton LaVey was coming after me. That day forward, God did not allow me out of Victor Ernest's sight. I stayed with him all that time. Through this whole thing, many of Anton LaVey's sex slaves heard Anton LaVey complaining about Victor Ernest, that they went to my dad and called him and asked them, asked my dad for help. See, Anton LaVey's powers had increased so strong that he actually would call in the spirit realm all his sex slaves to him, and he was cruel to them sexually. And many of his sex slaves wanted to be free and set free of Anton LaVey. So my dad worked with a number of his sex slaves, and they were delivered from Anton LaVey because of deliverance and because of Jesus Christ's blood. Uh, Anton LaVey was furious. He kept losing so many times because of my father's prayers. Praise the Lord. And he knew now that I was under Victor and his cares that made more of a threat to Anton LaVey where my life was concerned. Things keep hap- kept happening. I ended up seeing my dad's trailer that was outside his studio. And lies began to be told about Victor Ernest, that him and I were having sexual relations. All the rituals that were done, the rituals and the lies were coming forth. I was staying that night in my dad's trailer, and God sent in the morning two guardian angels, two holy angels to me that I saw in the spirit realm. They were the guardian angels that cared for me in the third heaven. They came with a scroll, just like Bible days, and they, they gave me a warning to Victor Ernest that his family were going to change the locks on the studio of God's ministry because they wanted to get rid of the ministry and they wanted to get rid of me, Pamela. I went in and I thanked, the, I thanked the holy angels and the Father for giving me this message that I will relay the message immediately to Victor Ernest right away. And so I got dressed and I went to tell Vic exactly what the holy angels said. My dad said, oh, Pam, my family wouldn't do this to me. Dad, I'm telling you what God Almighty said by the holy angels when they came with the holy scrolls. I said, look, if you don't believe this, can we do at least one thing? Can we change this address, pull this ministry away from this address? and do a P.O. box to protect God's ministry. I said, okay. Well, the attacks came. His daughter came flying into the studio when my dad and I were in prayer, thinking she would catch us in something because she was believing the lies. The next thing that happened, his son came at Vic and said, you can no longer see your granddaughter unless you close this ministry and get rid of this Pam. Well, Victor Ernest began to cry. He was so heartbroken. It brought him into a third heart attack. I had to call him, call an ambulance. I had some nurses training because, see, I was studying to be a nurse as well while I was in deliverance also, <clears throat> and uh, I was studying to be an RN. So I had some training. I had been a licensed certified nursing assistant and caring for patients also on and off at a nursing home. And so I landed up calling an ambulance and said, please keep 
They let him go to the hospital. He had to have open-heart surgery and signed a statement. I had to tell him that when we went back to the studio that next day, they had legally changed the locks on the studio of God's ministry. God had given me a bodyguard at that time when Victor Ernest was in the hospital. This man was with me at all times. He was a big man. He loved the Lord, and he loved this ministry. He was married, and he cared with me and went, went with me every place I went so I was never alone and could be taken by Anton LaVey. And so Victor Ernest landed up going through open-heart surgery, but before that I told him that his family had turned, changed the locks on the door as God said they would. He had tears in his eyes. He asked the nurse for a pad of paper, and he wrote a legal statement forbidding his family to was protecting me. The nurses saw how dangerous it was. Anytime his family came to see him, the heart monitor went off the charts. But when I came to see him, his heart was at peace. All the difference. My father, my adopted father, he went through open heart surgery. God provided a home for us to move to during that time. We moved everything out of that um, studio. We later found that his wife, who he married, and he was set up by Satan when he came out of witchcraft. He did not know that God has someone to match you with by the Holy Spirit. But he got set up by the familiar spirit to marry the wrong woman. And so she opposed him in his ministry for 50 years, because they were married about 50 years, which weared and on his heart. Well, they, she never changed the name on the house. And she had legal rights to throw us out. So we got everything out. God provided a home for us. And I cared for Victor Ernest after open heart surgery. Doing really well. One night, and as we were staying in that home, I continued to get phone calls because we um, transferred that phone number to where we were at. I answered the phone, and no one was there. And I could tell that there was someone on the other end. And so, Heavenly Father, I prayed. I asked you to vaporize this witch's powers through the shed blood of Jesus Christ, and I heard click. She had gone back to her satanic altar. She went, and all her powers were gone. She literally called back. She had been crying. She goes, you fool, you vaporized my powers. I said, you do not come against God's anointed. You want to hear about Jesus Christ? Click. Then we received another call of a man that was desperate. He kept getting letters written in human blood. He had a test. He'd gone to his pastor. His pastor goes, I don't know what to do, but I do know a man that can help, Reverend Pastor Ernest. So he found our number, and he called us. We landed up helping him. Witches were targeting him for Satan by writing human blood letters to him. He went and moved out of his place where he lived and went to another place, never told anybody the day he went to move in. There was another letter written in blood on his doorstep of his new place. We began to tell him how the familiar spirit squealed on him, and we began to tell him, you've got to set fire to all these and apply the burning principle of Almighty God. Everything of witchcraft must be burned and set fire to. There's biblical evidence all the way through the Old Testament. You need to set fire to anything of witchcraft. So he did, and he was set free. He was no longer bothered by these witches again. Well, then the next night, 
I was caring for my adopted father, Victor Ernest. And I looked, I heard a car outside. I looked up and I saw Satanists jump out of the car with their satanic robes and they went and touched the house we were in. I went, oh no, dad, they're putting a curse in the house. I went running out of my, my dad's bedroom, ran up the stairs to go out to go after these men. Right then and before me was Michael the Archangel standing there with his hand out before me. He says, no, Pamela, no, the father's going to allow this. Right then, Victor Ernest had gotten out of his bed, came up the stairs, says, no, Pam, God's going to allow this. And I backed off and I went, whoa. Michael the Archangel is seven feet tall. He has blondish brown hair, a beautiful male angel. He had, was wearing ivory robe, an ivory robe with ivory wings, and had a powerful sword. He was magnificent. I said, okay, Heavenly Father, I hear you in the name of Jesus, and I backed off. As soon as the Satanists went and touched the house, because that's what they do, they carry that curse. And a curse cannot be a curse unless it is sealed by animal or human blood. Please understand that. And these curses can be short-lived, or they can be long, or they can be genealogy, all the way through the genealogy, can last for generations and all of a sudden surface. They put that curse on that house, and I felt it already take effect the next day. We had to move out of that home ASAP, and God brought us to Greeley, Colorado, before the Lord. God provided a home for us to stay in and rent, and we set up the ministry there. The first thing we did was pray against the Greeley Coven that has controlled Greeley for over 100 years without any challenges by born-again Christians. And that is an initiation coven by Satanists. How I know this? My dad had two clients come, a husband and wife. And the board of directors from a Baptist church came as well. But we found out some of the problems that they were having was that the husband was a Satanist. He was bringing men home from the Satanic coven and forcing his Christian wife to have intercourse with these evil men. All of a sudden, a man in the deacon board began to cry. You see, this man was his son. Never knew his son was a Satanist. One of the things I would do in deliverance, I would take notes, and then I would get refreshments for everybody. We had been in deliverance for quite a while and working on this case with this board of directors from the church and his husband and wife. I went out to go get some some, uh, refreshments for them. The Satanist followed me. My dad saw him get up, come after me. So my dad went after him. And uh, my dad said to him, what are you doing? Oh, Victor Ernest, I didn't know. You've got a really beautiful daughter. And he says, yes, I do. You come near her or try to tell anything to her. I want you to know I've got a beautiful 30-odd-6 rifle and a beautiful 22 semi-automatic rifle. You come near my daughter, I'll kill you. That's well, awesome. The Satanist began to laugh, and he just walked right back. That man later, because we land up speaking, my dad, we land up giving a seminar at that pastor's church of where this Satanist attends church, posing as a Christian. My dad was answering a lot of questions after that seminar, and I was kind of standing in the church. This Satanist started to approach me. The Holy Spirit of God landed up pulling me and backing me away from him, and he backed off. 
said this to me, boy, Pamela Ernisher, I hear you're moving to Greeley, Colorado. You better be real careful. I was initiated into Satanism through the Greeley Coven, and those people are... I walked away from this man. I wanted nothing to do with him. I didn't want to hear anything. After this situation, we moved to Greeley, Colorado. We prayed against this coven, and all of a sudden I felt a supernatural earthquake. All their powers of darkness were broken. Praise the Lord. Next thing we heard was that a girl was kidnapped from the university there. She had been raped to death by this coven, trying to get all those powers of darkness back. Police were looking for her. They finally found her later, evidence of all this, and we knew what had happened. As we set up shop in Elkanah Ministries, at the time, Vital Christian Concerns Incorporated God, the Holy Spirit, gave that title to Victor Ernest for his ministry. What God was doing was preparing me to become president of Elkanah Ministries, and I didn't know that at the time. I kept praying for the godly man to come to take over the ministry as we were going on in ministry. We went on ministry trips all over the United States, gave seminars. It was really wonderful, praise the Lord, led people to Jesus, taught people deliverance, had pastor seminars, things like this. And then one day, God spoke to Victor Ernest, said, Victor, my son, legally adopt Pamela. See, up until this time, it was a supernatural adoption by God. God had just automatically given me to Victor Ernest as his daughter. And we were uncomfortable in that position because this was God's directive will. So all of a sudden, we hired an attorney, and we went before judge in the judge's chambers. Now, During this time in Greeley, I was working part-time in surgery with surgeons in the day surgery unit and the main operating room. And so I was scheduling operations, calling fetal distresses and all kinds of different things and helping in this way. So the day that we, our attorney went and filed this petition for, you know, me to become Vic's adult adopted daughter, um, The judge kind of looks at me, and I know what he was thinking. Oh, yeah, is this your sugar daddy, you know? <laughs> uh, you know how the world thinks. And, um, right. <laughs> look at the assets and the things that Victor Ernest had. Well, he found that Victor Ernest had no savings account. He noticed that he had a small checking account, that his Social Security check was only $300, and that he had no other assets. And the judge is kind of scratching his head. So he looks at me, and he's looking, he's looking all around, and I could tell this judge was struggling. What we didn't know, we wound up getting the toughest judge in the state of Colorado, okay, (laughs) in Greeley. Oh, my goodness, and our attorney was sweating. She was sweating it. She knew what we were up against. So this judge keeps sitting there looking, and he's looking through the paper. He went to look through the paper at least three times, trying to figure out what am I going to do here. Finally, he looks up, he says, Pamela, you work at Northern Colorado Medical Center? I said, yes, sir, I do. I work in surgery, and day surgery. And he says, do you know, and he mentioned this surgeon's name. And I said, oh, yes, he's a great surgeon. He is wonderful. And I'm just going on and off like old home week with him. He goes, give me that paperwork, and he signed it. He said, from this day forward, now you have two fathers. I said, yes, one that's a satanic father who's evil and wicked, and one a godly, righteous father. 
My dad, Victor Ernest, had tears in his eyes. We hugged each other. We praised the Lord. Our attorney kind of had a sigh of relief. And he says, you know, the judge says, I've never seen anything like this. I wish all my cases were like this one. I really do. And I, I thank the judge for his time. He saw that we really loved each other as father and daughter. And I became Victor Ernest's legally adult adopted daughter. Now, right after that, I received a call a year later from a pastor in Minnesota. And he said, Vic, listen, I just want to warn you. The Church of Satan has split. Half of it has gone to the Temple of Set with Dr. Michael Aquino. The other half, Anton LaVey, has moved the whole Church of Satan to Boulder, Colorado. He said, do you know that? And my dad said, no, I didn't know that. There's nothing in the news here. He goes, I'm going to warn you. He, Victor Ernest, he said, look, Pastor, Anton LaVey is coming after you to get Pam. You both are in danger. And my dad says, thank you for letting me know. Well, from that point on, we were on major alert. We continued the ministry and things like that. And my father, Victor Ernest, God took my dad home on May. I remember he went into his first heart, fourth heart attack, and I witnessed his spirit leave his body. I knew he was gone. I called an ambulance. I cried and sobbed. My body went into shock. They took my dad's body to the hospital. In order to, uh, they went, you know, and they, you know, they did what they could. And I knew he was gone. I was in such shock. I thought to myself, God, this, what are you doing? You know. Anyway, I got calls from around the United States. Hey, in the ministry, you're the only one that knows this. You, I said yes. I know legally have become president of Elkanah Ministries. And I will continue in seminars, teaching seminars, in deliverance as the Holy Spirit of God. I look to the Lord for every instruction. If all of this had not happened, I would not be here today before the Lord. Now, Victor Ernest had warned me that I was going to be in danger the rest of my life because of the call of Satan on my life. So I'm very careful with the things that I do and watching what God wants me to do. After my dad went home to be with the Lord, we had, we didn't have, I did not have a funeral. Because my dad's not dead, he's alive. We had a graduation ceremony. Amen. We had a cake with a graduation gown and cap on my dad just received his B.A. degree, his born-again degree. He's home with the Lord. I didn't awesome. use a hearse. That means death. We had a van carrying his casket. Everything represented Jesus Christ. I didn't have funeral flowers. I didn't let the funeral home have a, a funeral bulletin. I had red roses all over that stands for life and love. I even wore a white, beautiful outfit with roses and pink roses all over it. He was home with the Lord. He was home with God. Ten people got saved at his graduation service. Praise God. Hallelujah. I praise God for what he did. From that day forward, I knew that I needed help. God sent one of the men from our ministry to stay in our home and his sister. He stayed for a long time as a bodyguard for me, so I was never alone once again. 
And then he had to go back to Pennsylvania. And my sister and I hung together a lot. I went to try to carry a gun and, uh, and try to get that gun basically certified to carry um, in the state of Colorado. And I went and looked in the, in the yellow pages and found a detective from the Greeley Police Department. And I went to see him. I gave him my gun to go ahead and, you know, check it all over and then to give me a certification on it. He wanted me to meet at the Greeley Police Station to pick up my gun. So I thought, well, okay. What I didn't know is that we had to go through three locked wards. I praise God that my sister was there. When we went to the office. I could tell this look on his face. He was angry. He said to me, you bring your sister with you everywhere you go? I looked at him and shot. It was being set up for a take, for me to be taken out of that police station, brought back to Anton. I took my certificate from him and my gun, thanked him for his time, and we left. When we got out in the parking lot, I went to leave. My sister said to me, oh, my goodness, this was a setup. I said, yes. God overruled. Praise God for his power. Praise Jesus for the blood of Jesus Christ. Praise God for his immaculate power, his awesome power, and that when we belong to Jesus Christ, we belong, and no matter what Satan tries to do, we belong to Jesus. And this day, I work in deliverance. I am president of Alcana Ministries by the order of Almighty God. I have a website. It's el-kannahministries.org. And on that website, you can go ahead and click and purchase my book. Or if you want to purchase my dad's book. I have a YouTube channel, or you can purchase my book on Amazon.com. You can also get the Kindle version of that book, and you can also purchase my father's book, I Talk with Spirit. This is the ministry and the call of God on my life. Help people from all walks of life be healed from demonic power. Many of the cases that God has brought in my life have been unbelievable what God's done. Hallelujah. One woman called me. Her husband was dying on hospice. And she had this tumor in his neck. And I commanded the demon spirits over the tumor to come out of his neck and fall out of his neck. Well, this wife was a nurse practitioner. She witnessed the miracle of God. That tumor fell out of his neck. He went and told him, look, I don't, he said, I don't need any more morphine. Can you turn it off? That man was healed that day, praise the Lord. This is the power of God. Never underestimate the power of this true and living God. Never underestimate the shed blood of Jesus Christ. You cover your house with the blood of Jesus. You know, the Israelites, so the death spirit passed over their house. They had to put the blood around the doorpost. God's trying to give us a hint. We need to know that we are in a spiritual battle whether we want to accept this or not. And we are to do as God calls us to do. Cover your children with the blood of Christ. Cover your animals with the blood of Christ. You have to understand, there's nothing to keep demons from going in and out of animals whatsoever. 
I know my cat had a demon spirit in it. I had to command it to leave it. She vomited. She came back to normal personality. Um, these demons go readily in and out of animals. I agree. Cover them with the blood of Christ for their protection. Cover your home with the blood of Jesus Christ. Cover your car. Call for God's wall of fire, his Shekinah glory, Zechariah 2.5. If at any time where you sense that there is um, someone, a presence in your home, which I will give you this story also, another attack. After my father passed away the third day, I was making graduation plans. I was exhausted. I was tired. And I always teach people, you put on the armor of God in the morning, before you do anything, my dad always said, put it on before you even put your feet on the ground. And before you go to bed, you always cover yourself with the blood of Christ and put on the armor of God to protect yourself from the demonic forces in the evening. Because the demons are stronger in the evening because of darkness. They feed off of darkness and sin energy. Well, I was so exhausted, I fell asleep. I thought, okay, I'll just lay down, just rest just a minute, and then I'll put on the armor. Well, I conked out. I woke up in the middle of the night to a man in the spirit realm, a satanic high priest who had astral projected in my home, and he was French kissing with me. I felt his tongue literally in my mouth. The Holy Spirit woke me out of that. Oh, my gosh. He went and put me in a sleep trance. Now, they can do this. I've been put in a number of trances by these Satanists. God wanted me to understand this for all the training of the supernatural on how these Satanists do this. And so he put me in a sleep trance. The Holy Spirit woke me out of it. I pulled away from him, and I saw him in the spirit realm. I looked at him. I said, oh, no, you don't. I belong to Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, I ask you to cut the silver cord of this man who's astral projected in this home so he cannot get back to his body in time in only accordance with your holy, your, only with your directive will, Heavenly Father, because I know it is your will that everybody comes to Jesus Christ. That man saw me, and then he was gone. Well, I knew what he was doing, being trained by the Holy Spirit of God and how Satan operates. I had to do what I call self-deliverance, and I teach self-deliverance to keep born-again Christians from being invaded by demons all the time. And I go ahead and I teach this, and I had to do self-deliverance. And as I began to come against his familiar spirits and the demons that he put in me, plus he also did a ritual before he did this, claiming me for Satan that I would have mind control to do something evil or fall into a trap of Satan, I began to pray against it, and my tongue and my mouth was tingling. The demons were going out of me like by the thousands. I was healed wow. that day from that. That story is wow. in my The attempts on my life keep happening. I've had over, I've had 26 proposals for marriage, all set up by familiar spirits, not by the Holy Spirit of God. I am 100% hundred and a half percent single before the Lord. I have never married. Because the Bible says the single woman careth for the things of God, and God has not sent that godly man to me yet. And so I am continuing to serve the Lord in accordance with his will. I finally stopped dating because dating is really not even biblical. Courting is more biblical according to the word of God. But the fact of the matter is, is that I'm not going to be set up by Satan. I'm not going to fall into a trap. If I had married any of these men, I would have been pulled out of God's directive will. Jesus Christ has gone through too much his whole life, the torture and everything he went through for me to want my own way. I want God's way and his directive will. That's what matters before the Lord. God will use us 
we have a right attitude of heart before him. We are to confess our sins. We are to reject and renounce Satan. We are to reject and renounce our sins and take that sin ground away from Satan, put it under the blood of Christ. In my website, I have a prayer that's been written through me by the Holy Spirit um, for a spiritual healing. And it has been powerful in self-deliverance, teaching individuals self-deliverance and helping individuals be set free from the powers of darkness. So they can, I've had, so I had a woman emergency yesterday who said to me, Pam, I just want so much to know God more. I really do. But I have all this sin. I said, hon, just don't worry about it. Relax in Jesus. God says in Psalm 23, God wants you to lay down in green pastures and rest in him. Okay? God knows your heart. We'll take each one of these sins and we'll take that ground away from Satan so that you can become closer to the Lord. Because when we sin against God, we grieve the Holy Spirit, we quench the Holy Spirit, we despise the Holy Spirit, we vex the Holy Spirit, and even Ananias and Sapphira lied to the Holy Spirit and God took their life. You have to understand, to have a deeper walk with God, we've got to deal with this sin ground. And I don't even, I can't even get into right now the sins of the fathers and how they're passed down through generations and how we can break all that before the Lord. But I praise God to this day of what God has done. I've been doing all the talking. Is there anything on your heart you'd like to ask me? <laughs> Just um, the amazing testimony, and I'm sorry all the drama you had to go through, but it's it's so timely now with everything coming out into the open about uh, human trafficking and how it just it happens with just the little girl's friend down the street. Like you explained, it's not all these QAnon underground bases and tunnels like people like to imagine all the time, although that could very well be happening too. But I just wanted to say that um, you're right on as far as uh, self-deliverance. The Lord's been showing me a lot about that recently. It's an, Can you just say to the audience that's obviously they have a lot of questions, but one question I have is, it? I mean, how normal is it for Christians to have to deal with the demons uh, in their own lives? And is that something that they need to be ashamed of? Or is it something that people can just realize us like, like having, you know, termites in your house or something? What is kind of outline that for people briefly? I know we don't have a lot of time, but yeah. Michael, my dad said, okay, it's not a shame to have bed bed bugs, but it's a shame to keep them. Yes. And he said, That's it's right. not ashamed. What? That's and right. Yes, amen. Okay. And my dad was very down to earth about this. He helped people relax. He began to teach how Satan operates. People began to relax. They began to search their lives. God says, examine our life. Don't blame somebody else. Look at your life. What have you done before the Lord? But understand, God says, Romans 8.1, there is now therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Satan is the one that condemns us. So we are not in any way to accept condemnation for our sin. All God is asking us to do is to confess our sin. 1 John 1.9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And in Proverbs he says, when you confess your sins, I remember your sins no more as far as the east is from the west and the east and the west Never touch. This is how wonderful God is. Amen. And most people that I've met as Christians, they have demons and they don't know it. Many of the Christians that have come to me, God has revealed that they have demons. They wanted to know. And then I begin to ask the Holy Spirit of God, where's the sin ground? Where did it come in at? Um, Right now I'm working with a woman that hears voices. 
He used to be a paganist and, and lives in Nevada. And I have been, I led her to Jesus Christ, and I've been working with her. These demon voices come in through, through sin ground of drugs and alcohol. And so that's one of the ways that they come in, okay? Um, many people have demons because of unforgiveness. They've not forgiven people in their past. And so there are, there are sin handles, like my dad said, sin handles of demonic power in their life. I'm going to go back to um, Matthew chapter 18, where God, when Jesus, when the um, disciples came to Jesus and said, how, how, how often should we forgive? Seven, seven times seven? Jesus said, no, 70, 70 times seven, he gave a parable, okay? And Jesus says this, if you do not forgive as I have forgiven, you will be turned over to the tormentors, and these tormentors are demon spirits. They come right. down through the bloodline, okay? And these many people that are suffering today are suffering from the sins of the fathers. So many Christians don't realize that they could have demonic forces in them. And um, yes. people will ask me, and then I'll ask them a little bit about their life. And the Holy Spirit, God has given me several spiritual gifts, and one of them is discerning spirits, okay? I'm a, I'm a haunted house analyst. I go into haunted houses, quote, haunted houses, which are really... Um, the lie of Satan in Hollywood is that these are ghosts. They are not ghosts whatsoever. There's no such thing as ghosts. These demon spirits can take on the apparition of a ghost. Mm. These yes. demon spirits can take on an apparition of any object of anything, okay? But they're not ghosts. They're just demon spirits. That's all they are. They're fallen angels. And so, you know, and so I go ahead and teach how these demons can get in, and I have to analyze by the Holy Spirit and ask the Lord, where's the demonic power in here? Why is there supernatural phenomena? And then God begins to reveal that to me. I did a haunted house two years ago where God would call me in in Naperville, Illinois. And uh, the pastor, I mean, the, the man of the home began to tell me what was going on. And I said, okay. I said, sir, I need your permission to be able to pray in this house. Is that all right with you? And he said, yes, go ahead. And my friend was with me because she told me about this man because he was from her job. And so I began to pray and ask the Lord to lead and guide me by the Holy Spirit to reveal where the demonic power is. And then I said, okay, we're done praying right now at this point. Now time. I need to walk around your house with your permission. You always need the permission of the person that owns the home in a situation like this. And I walked around that house, and all of a sudden I walked by the child's bedroom, and I felt millions of demons, and I could feel the wall of it. And they were trying so hard to come at me, but they couldn't get near the wall of fire around me, which is God's Shekinah glory, which I called for supernatural protection before I did this. And I knew what I needed to pray. I said, okay, let's go back and sit down. It's time to pray. So I went into spiritual warfare battle, called the holy angels to come and remove these demons and bound them to the blood of Jesus Christ, separated all their authority from Satan's authority, and commanded them to leave. Went Praise back God. To they were gone. Amen. I went home That's that night, awesome. God opened all of heaven here in my dining room, and I heard God say, I'm well pleased, my daughter. God is so pleased when we fight the forces of darkness and we stand firm for the blood of his precious son, Jesus Christ, who is King Amen. of kings and Lord of lords. I have said many Jesus. Christians never allow the blood of Jesus Christ to go in vain in your life. I'll be quiet now if you have any. Did I answer your question or do I need more information to give you? 
Michael just stepped away. He had to, to wrap up something with a colleague of his uh, real quick, but he, he'll be right back. Uh, Pamela, thank you so much for answering that. I have a question for you. Uh, well, first a comment, then a question. Uh, I, first of all, want to say thank you so much for your courage and the power and grace that you're moving in to defeat the enemy's lies through the blood of Jesus and the word of your awesome testimonial. And I'm just so blessed and impressed with you that that you, you've come forth uh, against all odds and uh, to share what the Lord has laid on your heart and, and you're so obedient to him. And oh, from the design of the book cover to exactly what you should say in your book as, uh, as well as what you should say in your YouTube. And by the way, I have been very blessed uh, by your uh, testimonial that I heard before uh, we chatted uh, right now um, on your YouTube. And I, I heard the condensed version that's about an hour long. And then I started to hear your, the first part of your four part uh, testimonial and, uh, uh, I'm just blown away by what you've gone through and, and how the Lord has protected you supernaturally through his holy angels and such. Uh, one thing I just felt like the Lord wanted me to ask and comment about. So you mentioned that s Satanists sent by the former Anton or the late Anton LaVey uh, are sent to uh, prominent positions at high level churches or, or just churches in general. How, how, how prevalent is that? Should we be on the lookout for those who have false doctrine, for those who are infiltrators, the, the tares among the wheat and such? Because I know that, that uh, my friend uh, Paul, uh, who's in the Chicago area, uh, constantly says that there's such a heavy, heavy stronghold in the churches where Freemasons have infiltrated the churches and laid the, the cornerstone, uh, already cursing the churches. And he just says that there's a heavy stronghold uh, amongst uh, people that, well, first of all, aren't saved, which, which that's a default. But he's very surprised that there's such a heavy uh satanic presence uh wherever he goes um and then even even like an oppression even in the christian churches uh so how how prevalent is that in in churches uh to see uh to, to have satanists infiltrate uh the board of directors in in government or churches or what have you well, speaking from the fact that um with christian churches i would have to say at least 90 percent this is happening and I have wow. literally this myself. And I've actually had people that are in churches that I suspect are Satanists come against me because of the wow. truth of God that I'm saying and trying to discredit me, okay? And wow. I know these are from Satan. Matter of fact, one person came to me and told me one day, Pam, some of these people are laughing at you and making mockery of your prayer. She goes, but I, your prayer was so led by the Holy Spirit. I said, yeah, I suspect they're Satanists. I really do, from the local coven in Wheaton. I said, there's a huge coven in Wheaton, Illinois, made up of professionals. There's a huge coven in Naperville, Illinois, made up of all professionals, doctors, lawyers, teachers. It is just unbelievable and upsetting when I know this. And so they have infiltrated our churches, posing as Christians, to block the Holy Spirit of Almighty God. This is why my father always said, and I always agree, there should always be a prayer team of spiritual warfares praying for that church in that church. I even know that some churches sometimes will even have satanic covens by Satanists going into that church and doing rituals in the basement of those churches. So oh then they goodness. come 
church people come the next Sunday, la, 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 you know, and there's no Holy Spirit power. They are there to block and come against God's directive will. And this is where we have to come against those powers of darkness. One of the things my father said to me before I even met him, he was a Baptist minister before when, because he knew how Satan operated, he would go into the church when he took over that church and knelt before the pulpit of Almighty God and before the altar of God in that church, committed himself before the Lord, and then he bound all the sins of people in that church the wars, the fights among people, the immorality that went on, he took authority over all the demons in that church and the familiar spirits that brought him in. And he separated them from Satan's authority as the new head leader of this church and commanded them all to leave. Then he went and anointed that church from the front to the back and then anointed the four corners of that church. Every Sunday, someone came forward to accept Christ. Every Sunday, someone came forward wanted to get baptized. Every Sunday, someone came forward wanted to become a member of the church because he knew how to fight Satan and how to come against the powers of darkness. And this man is right. You never, ever want to have an occultic group come and rent out a Baptist or Bible church that's teaching the Word of God. You're calling in demons, and you're giving that ground to Satan, and right. you're going to sense that heaviness, you're going to sense that oppression, and you're going to sense a demonic takeover. And then you're going to wonder, where is the Holy Spirit of God? We've got to clean out these churches. We need to have born-again Christians, our spiritual warfare prayer warriors, to know how to pray in the center of these churches every single week to come against the forces of darkness. This is at 90, you know, 90% it's taken over. You see what's been happening in the coverings every year, every month, under full moon and new moon periods, when they have their meetings, they've been seeking out how they can come against born-again Christians and take over their church. They've been doing this for decades now. That's why our churches are under New Age Christianity instead of the old gospel of Jesus Christ. Even the music that's being played, there's lack of Holy Spirit power. They get rid of all the classic hymns where the Holy Spirit was strong and warring in these godly hymns because Satan doesn't want that Holy Spirit power. He wants to take over that church. Very, very serious. Very, very difficult to find a church that really is doing spiritual warfare battle and believes in the gifts of the Spirit. And even with the gifts of the Spirit, you've got to be careful because the majority of tongues, speaking in tongues, are demon tongues. They do that in Satanism. Every tongue must be tested before the Lord. That's Every right. Tongue. I test all the gifts of the Spirit that God has given to me. God has given me the gift of teaching, the gift of health, the gift of discerning spirits. Um, you know, I'm always on alert and listening, Father, is this from you? I bind Satan, the blood of Christ, on this to make sure this is not of Satan, Father. I want to make sure this is of you by your Holy Spirit. The cleaner we are, the cleaner we are before the Lord, and the more we read God's Word and feed the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit's food is God's Word. That's why God says, read my Word. Study to show thyself approved in God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Rightly dividing the Word of truth. Read God's Word. The Bible says in Psalms 119, 11, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. God says in 119, verse 105, Thy word is a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. This is how we find God's directive will. And then we have to be honest with God. Be willing yes. to say, God, I blew it again. I'm sorry. Amen. Amen. These churches are suffering throughout the United States. So many churches have closed. 
They've been taken over by Satanists. People posing as Christians are born against Satanists. Basically, they've given their heart to Satan, so many of them. When they're caught, sometimes they'll throw up and they have to, they have to get out away from a born-again Christian who knows their authority. Right. Absolutely. So as Christians, we can pray for our churches. We can have another prayer word come along us. We can bind all the familiar spirits. Understand, it is the familiar spirits that call in demons. It is the familiar spirits that take over in individuals' lives. It's the familiar spirits that set you up. You want to make sure you bind every familiar spirit every day in the blood of Christ, any familiar spirits in that church. Command that they leave. Ask God to clean out that church. Plead the power of the blood of Jesus Christ over that church. Ask God to saturate that church with the blood of Jesus. King of kings and Lord of lords. Have I answered your question or do, would you like more of an explanation? That's amazing. Thank you so much for that answer. Michael, let's take a, a short break here. Uh, and Pamela, I felt like I should ask you about this. So when I heard you say that the oppression lifted, that something in the, in the supernatural atmosphere changed uh, within and without uh, you, uh, around you and, and within you, when you had changed your name from your your blood or birth father's last name, uh, Franklin, to your adoptive father's uh, godly last name, uh, Ernest. Uh, and, and I wanted to actually tie in uh, the other story that uh, I was telling you about how uh, Doug Elwell, your publisher, had connected us uh, regarding. So um, so a few months ago, we uh, also had the privilege to uh, interview uh, Pastor David uh, from a Yuba City Church who, inter- who we had interviewed, and he had uh, he and his wife had taken uh, the former Ray Ray LaVey, who was a uh, one of Anton LaVey's daughters. And one of the things that she did after she got saved and delivered and healed from her satanic ritual abuse was change her name, her first and last name from Ray LaVey to uh, Deborah Joy Bryan. Uh, and, and I found out that the reason why they called her Ray Ray was because that, that was a kind of a spinoff from the sun God Ra. So even though it is Satanism, they also, uh, worship Osiris and a lot of Egyptian gods and goddesses, uh, such as the sun God Ra and what have you, which are false gods. Uh, so how important is it, uh, that, that we really, uh, take upon the, the, the right names or, or, you know, or the words that we speak and what have you, how important is it that that uh, whatever we call ourselves, you know, be godly, or should should people maybe change their name, or uh, if if they can't change their name, uh, how should they maybe uh, do something in the spiritual realm in terms of a, a changing of, uh, I guess, what they call themselves, or or what have you? Well, my answer to this is this: I would never change a name unless led by the Holy Spirit of Almighty God. This is what matters here. Because you have to understand, when I go into deliverance and I yield myself to Almighty God, I say, Heavenly Father, our kind of ministries is not my ministry, God, it's yours. This battle for this person's life is not my battle, Father. This person for this person's life is not her battle, Father. This battle is yours. So anything that we do must be led by the Holy Spirit of Almighty God, because what God's doing is breaking demonic holds and setting you free. So I tell individuals, God led me by the Holy Spirit to do this. I knew this was his directive will. But God may have you not 
change your name, but forgive this person yes. who has hurt you that you're carrying that name. Amen. And you may be set free that way. Sure. It may be that God may call many a person to change their last name, especially if they're coming out of the occult. It matters because their name is associated with demonic power and sin energy. It is always led by the Holy Spirit of God when God wants someone to change their last name. They can go to the Lord, ask God if it's his will. Is it something God wants them to do? But it must be led by the Holy Spirit to do this. Amen. Every Amen. single thing that has happened to me through all this has been led by the Holy Spirit of God. That's why there is fruits of the Holy Spirit that have developed. The Bible says you'll know us by our fruits, okay? Amen. And so that is why I legally changed my name because the Holy Spirit of God was leading me to do so. And he even gave me an answer and proved this through the judge and all the demonic power that broke over me. Praise God. Isn't that wonderful? It is wonderful. Absolutely. Amen. You have so much to share and the church is just so much better for a warrior like you to come and help lead the charge because there have been so many that have come out of these programs and abusive situations. And it just, as a father, you just think of children going through that kind of suffering and you're just like, oh, no. So your passion and your fighting spirit and all that you shared, your testimony are so key. And I think we need to have you on again. Um, I know Strange O'Clock is going to take a little break, but my show Spirit Force is going to keep raging forward and we're going to have to get you on to answer uh, questions live if we yes. can arrange that sometime. But um, uh, and, and also to know that you you're friends with Doug Elwell, that's like, oh, my gosh, you know, he's he's one of the older fringe Christians. Um We've we've followed his work for a very long time, and it's I'm awesome. interested in that whole story about how you guys met, and <laughs> that's just so cool. Yeah, um, I've got a Holy Spirit-led story on that. It's really powerful. It really is. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, um, part two is coming soon, guys. Uh, just head on over to the Spirit Force, and I know we're going to be also um, doing a lot more shows, Strange O'Clock, once the time comes, but I want to thank Gerilyn for arranging this and just doing just a tremendous, awesome job getting just, it's like the full circle arc. You know, we had the pastor that cut Anton LaVey's silver cord in spiritual warfare. We've had all these different kinds of spiritual warfare stories on. So I really want to thank you for coming on and just kind of completing the whole journey of this. Yeah. I guess, thank what you we call so much. First season. Yeah. Thank you so much, Pamela. It was really an honor. And um, I just want to let you know, my grandfather, Don Basham, wrote a book called Can a Christian Have a Demon? So this is all close to home for me. So uh, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so very much for having me. And praise God for all that God is doing through both of you as well to expose all this to help people understand and receive truth. Amen. We really appreciate you, Pamela Joy. But before we wrap this up, I wanted to uh, just uh, comment about uh, your experience with the holy angels protecting you uh, in that first uh, satanic ritual when you were five. And then uh, once again, when you were, I think, 13 or 14, when uh, Anton tried to come at you again in the witchcraft store, Um, you mentioned that they were female holy angels. And you have no idea how much you've blessed me with that. You have no idea, Pamela, because I had always 
heard and read that all angels are quote male end quote. And so anytime that there was a mention that, Oh, the, you know, a female holy angel had, had, you know, spoken to me or, or saying to me or protecting me or whatever, you know, then, then the, some of the legalistic folks, you know, shake their fist metaphorically and say, there's no such thing as a female yeah. holy angel. You're in false doctrine. Well, Why and, do and I, people hate the idea of female <laughs> angels so much? I don't, I do exactly. not understand that. It's over. So, it's so strange. It's so ridiculous. So, so, but when I heard that, you have no idea how much that blessed me because back in 2015, when my, uh, former, uh, late co-hostess, uh, Kay Carswell, uh, she and I talked about angels, both holy and unholy, or both holy and fallen angels. And a few days after I published that episode, I awoke to the, the sound of the most beautiful, angelic song I had ever, ever heard. And it was not the radio. It was not TV. It was not the neighbors. It was a holy angel singing. And I can't Amen. even tell you... I can't even tell you what she was singing, uh, but I had been hesitant to share that. Okay, there was a, a, a female holy angel with the most beautiful celestial song I'd ever heard. I was I was hesitant, uh, but I did share that with my other uh, friend in podcasting, uh, Rod, with a millennial mustard seed a few days ago, and uh, I was hesitant, but I had to share it. Uh, and and I was like, kind of waiting for somebody to say, "Well, there's no such thing as female holy angels." Uh, but when you said that, that fe- there was a couple of female holy angels holding your uh, little hands when you were five uh, and escorting you out of that satanic ceremony. I was so blessed. I, I just had to comment. Uh, that just gave me so much joy in my heart for you to say that. And, and uh, I Praise know that Lord. you're... I, uh, most of the holy angels that came to me have been female, but I did meet Michael mm-hmm. the archangel and then a couple angels in heaven that came and also came with a scroll with a message from the father. And so, but most of them have been female before the Lord. And I, they were beautiful. Awesome amazing beautiful angels awesome and they love the father so much oh they love the father so oh, much praise god praise jesus uh, we definitely more. need to amen if it's okay, uh, I have one more thing to say sure sure we sure please please said things to you you know i'm hoping to write a book on the lies of satan because yes. there are so many lies of satan in our christian realm and it yes. brings condemnation against us Yes. And this is unacceptable. We are not to accept the lies of Satan through any individual, Christian or non. You know what I'm saying? We should always check it out with the Word of God and bring it before the Lord before we accept any of that. I always knew that there would be female angels, and I saw them. And I praise God for that. And, awesome. and then, of course, I talked about Michael the Archangel, who is amazing. Almighty God, is he amazing. Before. And so awesome. I praise God. I praise God. I praise Jesus for your testimonial and how you came through this, uh, being healed, saved and delivered and doing the same thing for other people around the world. I praise God for you and your testimonial and your ministry and your book and, and uh, that Doug Elwell uh, put us in touch with each other. So thank you so much, uh, Pamela Joy. And, and of course, Michael uh, for carving out time. Uh, and this is actually uh, is uh, the, the end of season one. Uh, we're taking a break or I'm taking a break. Um, that's uh, for different reasons uh, until the end of uh, December. But I would love to do a part two with you, Pamela Joy, like in January or December, uh, December uh, this year or January of next year, you know, if, if you feel led to, uh, that is, uh, because there's so many other questions that, that we'd love to, to talk to 
ask you about, about deliverance and, and your experiences and, and, and what have you. So thanks again, everybody for listening and or watching the strange o'clock podcast with Jerry and Michael and with our honored and, uh, blessed guest, uh, Pamela joy, Ernest, sacrifice the Satan that failed. Yes. Amen. That's so thank you so much and have a strange and spirit filled supernatural day, everybody. Bye. Bye-bye.